Hello and welcome to the Bothering Strangers podcast with Max Hearing. I'm Max Hearing. My guest today is a very interesting guy. He's a retired UFC fighter, once one of the best UFC fighters in the world. He is now a comedian and a psychedelic researcher. My guest today is Ian Uncle Creepy McCall. Ian, how's it going? I'm doing very good. How are you guys? How are you, you guys? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, it's just, it's just me. It's just me. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, you recently... You've been in the news a little bit in the last week because the UFC is now considering uh, employing or using psychedelic therapy in some way, shape, or form uh, to help its fighters and its former fighters. Um, yeah. and, and Forbes and Forbes obviously recently wrote an article about you know your work with Dana White, the president the president of UFC. Uh, so can you just explain a little bit of like what that kind of research would entail? I'm the annoying friend that took mushrooms that has to tell all other friends about it. Okay. Uh, but I'm just, I, I know about those people. I, yeah. And people just don't shut up about their, their psychedelic exuberance. Uh, they want to talk about it. For me, it was the same thing. I just have friends like Dana White. Um, and I actually like doing science. I like being a part of science. Um, and I just, you know, I, um, I brought, my, me and my team, my fiance, uh, Del Jolly at Unlimited Sciences, uh, we brought a study to the UFC over a year ago with psilocybin. Now, the UFC obviously trusts me. They, we do business on other levels, so they, that's why I had this opportunity to bring it to them. Um, but to think that a major sporting organization over a year ago already had open arms and said, yes, this is really cool. Good idea. Good job, little buddy. Uh, we can't give you money. Uh, we can't have anything to do with this because it's, it's illegal. And I said, Oh, well, worth a shot, but thanks you for listening. And they, they, they said, can you, can you still, they actually asked me, can you please still send us the information you learned because we'd like to know. And I said, of course, like, that's why I'm doing this is to help everybody. Um, so then fast forward a year, my HBO Real Sports episode comes out with myself and my fiance and my team of people I work with um, through healing people uh, through mushroom ceremony, through our plant medicine church I'm a preacher for. Um, and I sent a link to Dana White and I sent a link to, because again, these are just my friends. Like I don't fight anymore. I've known Dana since I was a teenager. I just, it's just someone I just was like, he's going to want to see this because he knows the person I healed as well. Um, and I wasn't even thinking like, Hey, let's get back in the study. I was just thinking like, Hey, look at what I did for our, our someone who used to pay the fight, you know? Um, and he texts me back faster than honestly, my faster than what was one of the first people to text me back Yeah, compared to family, friends, uh, anyone, he, yep. he hit me back right away. It just shows you Dana's a good dude. And he just sent me back like a fist or a thumbs up and like, good job, buddy. This is cool. Nothing crazy. Um, and then he had Jeff Nowitzki reach out, who was the golden snitch. He's the guy that does all these liaison between the UFC fighters and USADA. And, um, you know, the, the, the or drug testing as far as United States anti-doping. He's the guy who deals with all that, which is a big deal, which is a really, really, really big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, he had Jeff reach out to me who is the person I went through in the first place. Um, and Jeff goes, Hey, we want back in, we want back into the study. Can you reconnect us with Johns Hopkins? And I said, of course, you know, wow, that that's, I knew this would happen. I just didn't know what happened as fast. Um, so now uh, 
you know, it, it's those talks. I, I don't want to say they're out of my hands, but again, I don't work at Johns Hopkins. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm just the guy who asks a lot of questions who connected all this, obviously, you know, for funding and all that sort of stuff. Yes. Um, this is going to be really expensive, but really not. It's not going to be that expensive comparative to what the information we're going to get. So, um, you know, that all this is going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. That's <laughs> like anyone I've talked to that's even a part of it. That's kind of like, well, you know, we might be, I'm like, oh, stop talking like that. You know, this, we're going to make this work because it has to like, we are, it's owed to the world. I owe it to these fighters because I know in turn, it's going to affect everybody in the world. It's going to help out everybody. This is just the pollination effect. This is just a cool thing people can latch on to and go, I want to see the results of this because if they can fix those people who put their, their lives and their brains and their bodies on the line for our viewing pleasure, uh, whether that's fighting or football or hockey, we look at these and we admire these people. Well, we, we, we watch them ruin themselves on TV for our viewing pleasure. And they do it with a smile on their face. They do it for money. They do it for love. They do it for the glory, but there's a huge price we pay. And I'm just a realist. I'm just trying to be here as a safety net for people to be okay after it or during and to perform better. I mean, there's not just, a, I'm, I'm not stopping at just TBI. I've got all the performance numbers. We have all this figured out where we're going to put a performance study in with microdosing, trying to figure out that and trying to optimize human potential trying to truly optimize human potential with, um, with sports performance. I mean, psychedelics and sports performance is, is going to be the next thing. Like we don't, we can, you know, people, people, you know, can, cannot worry about steroids anymore. Now they can understand that people are in the zone. They're actually these super clean, healthy athletes that are, that are clean, but they're able to perform at these crazy, crazy heights because of, of, of natural things because of natural things like psilocybin. So I have like a kind of multifaceted question then. Uh, one, Oregon just kind of decriminalized everything there. So I feel like that has to change something. So yeah. I do want to talk about that in a second. And then uh, um, how many, like you fought for, I checked for, for 16 years, not all professionally, but you were fighting for 16 years. How all- many, well, oh, it was all professional. Okay. That was just sometimes I miss something. Um, how many concussions do you think you had? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, just outside of professional or out of fighting, um, you know, you have, I hit my head and put myself in the, the hospital for a couple of days snowboarding. I mean, I had a lot of, gnarly, I was in your life then, I guess, how many concussions are you thinking? Dozens. Dozens. Dozens of concussions. Yeah. That's interesting because I remember talking to somebody who said he had one concussion from football. And even when we were having the conversation about how many concussions he had, he literally forgot what he was talking about. Yeah. Like while we were, while we were talking about concussions. Yeah. So I'm thinking one that if, if one does that, I feel like dozens has to really mess with your memory and like, Oh dude, everything, everything up, up, up here, up between your ears. It's, it's really bad. Okay. But this is one thing I like to just put in everyone's face because it's, it's, it, it makes me tear up sometimes when I think about it. Um, when you look at a CT scan of someone who has a traumatic brain injury, a concussion, comparatively to a, uh, a young child that's raped, the damage is the same. The trauma the damage, is the same? 
no, the, the, the brain damage. The brain itself. damage, same. Brain okay. damage, exactly the same on the scans. So think why this young individual ends up growing into a crazy person when they're older, acting in these certain ways that we think, oh, they're, you know, where we demonize them for certain right. when, when you have brain damage like I've had, you understand that there's, dude, it sucks, man. It's so hard dealing with the outside world. I get text messages, phone calls, messages on platforms every single day about people venting to me about their brain damage, fighters and athletes or whoever, and they're, they're broken. You should see these paragraphs that get written to me. Yeah. That are just jumbled mess of, of like not being able to interface with reality and knowing that that happens to a a, a young person like that to a person that's got this. And I mean, it, it, it's trauma. Trauma does it to us. It's not just big wax on the head. That's what science is showing. So, so man, <laughs> so many people to work with. It's just, I'm just showing you that it works on these people that are the most damaged. You know, I'm, I'm fixing them. Then cool. It'll work for everybody else. I just, we just have to show the, the numbers and, you know, the analytics and it's, it, it's, I mean, it's, we already have them. That's the thing. We literally already have them. We are, we have the routes, we have everything. The path is paved. It's just, we have to just follow it. I mean, I remember about five years ago, first hearing about the possibilities yeah. of mushrooms, like microdosing and taking them once every couple months and what the just to like army vets. So, you know, PTSD and all that. Uh, so, I mean, if, if you, if it can help someone like yourself, who's on the extreme end of like brain of like concussion and possibly brain damage, what can it do for like someone who's just like, not quite brain damage, but just like has trauma, like maybe a, a, a history of depression or something like that. Works. It helps. It still does something called <clears throat> epigenetic neurogenesis. And that is the healing of your brain the actual healing of the brain itself, the brain, the, 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 the gray matter, um, your neural pathways, you know, new ones are being built, old ones are being restored, your receptors are being, are being healed, whether there's the opioid receptors, your pain receptors, you know, these things, the whole thing is being fixed. You know, people, we all think, oh, when you grow up, you're like, oh, you're going to smoke weed, you're going to kill your brain cells, and they're going to die forever, and then you just, then you're, you can't ever get them back. That's not true. You can fix your brain. You can fix your brain with there is now medit. You know it's proven with meditation. You can prove it with, um, I'm sure breath work and things like that. We can we can do it. Uh, I don't know if it's proven yet. Um, there's different technologies that I've I've been shown that they're trying to pair up virtual reality sort of stuff that help with neuroplasticity. Um, so I mean we're we're figuring out ways to heal the brain, and it's really cool. And you got to think that 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 ties into. Um, you know, certain diseases like Alzheimer's, Huntington's disease, like those diseases have a very, very basic path. Like they, 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 oh, you have this and you go this way. This is what happens to you. And, um, you know, psychedelics can, can help stop that sort of stuff. Um, at least, at least not, maybe not reversed completely, but, or we don't know yet. I mean, hopefully, yeah. um, but you know they're at least they're at least stop or slowing down the progression of these diseases. 
Um, and we can go way off into like exosomal you know, stem cell therapy sort of stuff that we're doing as well. Uh, uh, but uh, we might get into that. That's that's another whole other topic. So what happens now with uh, Oregon decriminalizing um, well, the drugs? What we're going to see is um, we're going to see a whole new industry being made up there massive industry psychedelics is going to be huge mushrooms alone is going to be huge um and we're going to see a lot of innovation out of it um but then you go into banking um how is that going to go because this is decrimed up there it's not legalized it's only legalized right. for, for medical model um and again i i work in the medical model i'm now you know working on the pharmaceutical side um which people might you know kind of poo-poo me for for a little bit but you have to understand that's where i'm gonna make the biggest impact um, and this is just the path that i i have to take working with the ufc is through the pharmaceutical model through the fda um, but through through oregon that's going to be a um a conscience-minded cannabis industry <laughs> that's going to be much bigger you know the cannabis industry blows up and is a total shit show because of the characters that are in it uh, it's got a very, it still has a gangster element. It still has a bunch of, sorry to say it, a bunch of fucking idiots running the, running the show. When it, especially when it's decriminalized, and there's no real structure to it. You're, 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 you're basically creating a giant gray market. Not basically, that's what's exactly what you're doing. You know, right. It's a gray market. And um, I'm not against it at all. I love it. I think it's cool. Great. Um, but I'm just being real here. It's, it's, you know, it's, this is going to blow up and you know i've already been consulting for brands we're just talking to people like look this is how it should go you know it's not my space i'm 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 on the other side of it but just to kind of help people like look this is the direction you should need to go because people people come to me as a as a steward to this whole movement um you know i i do it's cool to have say in a lot of big projects or just at least give people information you know that's never going to charge for you know, it's just valid information because that's because they're a part of, of the industry that I pride myself on. You know, so of course I'm going to give them the right tidbits. And no, this is this is what I think, you know, because if people really want to want to know, then I'm going to, I'm going to tell them, <laughs> you know, like this is this is important. I mean, th- these are these are things that are going to change the world. This this psychedelics are changing the planet for the better. I don't think. I know for sure there's not, there's nothing else in the world that'll change it like this. And there's no, there never has been, you know, the advent of, of maybe the internet. I mean, besides that, I guess. <clears throat> so what about, I mean, I don't know if the research has said this yet or not, but there's, you know, everything has a good and a bad to it. So what, what, what might be the downsides to something like this? <sighs> well, um, <clears throat> there's always a, there's always a, a, an opportunity for abuse, physical abuse. You can't do that with psychedelics. It doesn't, it's not physically abusive, um, but you know, psychologically abusive. Right. Um, you know, people can be manipulated with it. People can, you know, but that's, that's just like, <laughs> that's the human condition getting involved. That's people being shitty being, you know, getting involved. So it's like, right. um, we just have to control that. You know, is is there's there's of course people with prior, um, you know, dispositions. So people, you know, 
instances that they've you know, been crazy before or crazy, you know, I shouldn't use that verbiage. Um, people who have had psychotic episodes before. Um, I, I, I do think that they should have the opportunity to do this, but those people need to be watched over, you know, because it's just safety. We have to teach harm reduction and, uh, and, you know, I don't want anyone getting hurt, obviously. Like that's not, that's, that defeats the purpose of what we're doing here. Um, because I, I've seen it myself. I see people go down the wrong path with it. And, and, um, you know, that's that, that sort of stuff. Seeing, seeing this, uh, I, I, I don't want it to turn into the church of psychedelics either. You know? Yes. I don't, I don't want it to be like, this is it. This is like, like, no, we have to. You don't want it to become this like kind of cult like thing where it's like, yeah. it's like big life. So everyone like swears by, and then like, there's no like disagreement. Because, yeah, exactly. Because again, it's, they're just tools. These are just tools. Like there's so much more life than this. Right. You no, know, like I, I see why, you know, you had not, not just the legal reasons why back in the seventies, <clears throat> you know, these people turned from psychedelics to other ways of getting enlightenment, like Kundalini yoga. I get it. Like, I'm like, okay, I can get with what I get out of this chocolate. I can get this with hard work and breath work. Like, physical stuff i can do that to get like wow my, my yeah. own body can do it that that's amazing and um i'm I, I like hard work that's what i do so it's like when you look at it that perspective yeah sure that that's the next level how do how do so how do i go bounce back and forth or use them both in conjunction you know it's just um it's it there's so much exploration to be done in this space so I, again, I don't know if you know anything about this in particular, but like, I know that studies have come out in the last couple of years in regards to medical marijuana and just weed in general, where they're saying that uh, your, um, your brain chemistry can affect, you, you know, obviously you don't know this, but maybe you shouldn't smoke weed because your brain, your brain chemistry may not be built for it. Yeah. Is that, does, does the shrooms run the same risk? Yes. Um, I mean, everyone, you know, we're all different a little bit. You know, you got you your genome typing. I, there are companies out there that are trying to figure out the human genome as far as like which, how to position certain formulations for certain people uh, to add longevity to lifespan and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, th these, are, these medicines are being looked at in really advanced ways already. The things that I hear about all the time, and I'm like, whoa, okay, cool. This is really interesting. You know, like I didn't even I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> you know, like we and and so it's it's um yeah, dude, there's advancements are being made at an extremely high levels with these companies, and they all have different outlooks. This one's pharmaceutical, this one's over the counter, this one does this. I mean, like there's so much so many different ways to do it. And it's really, it's really cool to see the industry doing this. So I feel like one of the issues that's going to come up is like the marketing of shrooms, like as a, as a form of therapy, because even under the assumption that it becomes like a legal form, like of, you know, therapy, it has a, such a reputation as a schedule one substance of like being something that like you don't do 
like it's like it's so bad so how so how do you market something like this and how do you change people's like mindsets at least younger people's mindsets on something that we've been taught is bad our whole lives uh well we um i have a puppet show coming out like an actual puppet show actual puppet show um let me look at my instagram uh it's an educational it's an educational adult puppet show about psychedelics um you know, it's spurred from the cannabis industry, but, you know, Santa Maria is, you know, is marijuana, cannabis, whatever you want to call it. Uh, she's, you know, she's plant medicine. She's my, my, what I've been true to my whole life. I started smoking pot at eight years old. So, wow. Um, I have more memories, which is not a good thing. Um, you were an early adopter. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's never done me wrong. My daughter started ingesting cannabis at two and a half when she got sick. I started giving her RSO oil. Um, so it's never done us wrong, you know? So, um, you know, we, we, we just got a lot tied into, into, into this educational show where, where, uh, we were just talking about it before I got on the phone with you. Um, there's some really cool stuff happening and some ideas going on. And, uh, I'm, I've got the whole thing figured out. Like I've got so much to do because, uh, as an educator now, um, I have to use my comedy. I have to use the fact that I'm doing a new, a new podcast at the comedy store as an educational platform to talk about all this stuff. I mean, my specialty is mushrooms. The show will be about mushrooms. You know, that's the main thing. It's myself, Frank Castillo will be shooting it at the comedy store, using that as a platform to do it. Uh, and I've got, I mean, I'm going to have industry professionals from company owners to, you know, having Dana White and Jeff Nowitzki on there to talk about having athletes on the veterans, having therapists, having shaman, having whoever, you know, people that all work in mushrooms will be in this. And it's, um, it's exciting, man. It's really exciting. Well, a lot's coming up. Yeah. There's literally so much. And I mean, of course there's been points in this, in this journey that I'm on where I was like, man, Am I, do I have to give up? Like not that long ago, I was thinking like, fuck, am I going to have to give this up and, and just set and settle for something? Um, and no. And since that point, it has now been the, you know, the first thing happens and then the second thing happens. And then my puppet show, which is just a fun idea that I have on my Instagram, we're not, we don't even have a show out yet. It's just social media content with our puppets. Um, and we're trying to get it budgeted for the show. We're trying to get money to do it. Uh, I get an offer. I get like, hey, we're going on these platforms. We need you. I want to use this for this. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Oh, we want to, this sponsor hits me up out of nowhere and goes, hey, we want to do this. What do you have for us? We want you to do this for us. And I'm like, okay, cool. Now I just need to make sure I have time to do any of this stuff. <laughs> you know, I, I like, like I've been trying to get on on here with you for the last couple of days. Just yeah. My life has been insane since, since the UFC, uh, you know, said all this stuff about me. My life has become um, really busy, really, really, really busy. And I'm really grateful for it. I'm trying to just take it in stride and just breathe and just go, okay, like, cool. You know, it's, this is, this is really happening. All my dreams are coming true. Um, all the work, hard work has paid off. Now it's just time to really like focus and, and make sure my energy is going in the right direction. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of leads to the next, my next question. Uh, you, you stopped fighting in 2018. So up until that point, you, but you spent your whole adult life 
uh, fighting. Uh, what, so was it kind of like your retirement that led you to be like, there's something here with shrooms that like can be like, that can really help people. Yeah. Uh, that was my healing. I was broken. I was, you know, I was one of those people that was just a mess. Every form, every version of every part of my life was a shit show. Um, and I, I understood that I could heal someone with plant medicine because I did it to my daughter. You know, like I said, she got sick. We used plant medicine to heal her. And um, I've just, I've been around psychedelics my, most of my life. You know, my parents have always respected them and, and said they're good. You know, they're okay. They're good for you. Um, just respect them. Um, and after hearing, you know, being friends with Rogan and those sort of people, I just realized, and, and I just, again, I've always been around psychedelics. It's just something that has been a part of my life. Um, growing up, you know, like my brother and I always, you know, partaking in them and just part of that, part of that, I don't know, that life, this, the cannabis culture, but it had a lot, I don't know, it's just something that's always been around. Uh, having hippie parents, I guess. <laughs> it's their fault. Uh, but, but you know, my parents, they don't look like hippies. They're like rich white people. Like you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't know that my dad smuggled cannabis around the world in the 70s just because he wanted to. You know, they're like one, like seriously, serious one percenters that. Yeah, are, I, I, I did my research. You, uh, you came from like the, the, like a wealthy Orange County background. Yeah. And like there, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know how fucking cool my parents are. Like, you know, it's really funny. Um, so I was broken and I understood the science. I love science. Always have. And science took a back seat. School took a back seat when I was like, I'm going to be a fighter. I knew I was going pro at something. <clears throat> and um, I just finally got back to the science of it. And in this big, jumbled, amazing time in my life, I, I retired. I said, I'm, you know, DMT showed me you the party's fucking over, man. It's been you were world champion seven years ago. Yeah. Let's stop and let's just move on. And uh, you know, first things first, gotta get off these pills, gotta get off this fentanyl, gotta gotta stop living this way. And I did it. You know, I got out of a messy relationship. Um, you know, obviously using drugs together, just a mess. Uh and it wasn't it wasn't it was bad. Um, and I healed myself physically. I physically healed the brain matter. I was able to put sentences together and think properly and carry a job and carry a conversation and, you know, not have these inappropriate, just outbursts of just stupid, stupid actions and words and thoughts and feelings and everything. So I got to a point where I'm like, Oh, cool. But then I was void of, I was void of, of emotion. I was void of everything. I didn't know how to just, I was just this like, wow, I feel better. But like, who the fuck am I? Mm. I'm not, I'm not this person that was, that was numbed up for 20. I was on pills from 14 to 34. The one time I became sober, I became the best in the world. Whatever that means. Um, and, you know, I, I, I retired. I had no idea who I was. I literally had no fucking clue. I want. I knew I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> I knew I just was like, I don't want. I don't. I don't. I don't know who I am. I, I don't know what I am. I don't, uh, um, but I got better. 
And then I started to do the research and then I started to, you know, get motivated by myself and, and motivated by other people. And then, and then I started to learn more about what the motivation is doing, what the biohacking is doing, what the science is behind it, just a smile and a, and a, and a, and a laugh in the mirror when you splash water on your face every morning. What's happening chemically, neurochemically in your body to make the rest of your day better, to make the rest of my daughter's day better because I come out of my bedroom and I'm happy and I wake her up by crawling in bed with her and telling her she's beautiful and I love her. And it's not, hey, wake up, let's go to bed, we gotta go to school. No, it's, it's like there's caring and time and love and everything that you do. You learn to appreciate things. You know, I took the genetic lottery that, that I had and I exploited it. <laughs> and it was gnarly and it, it, it um, I'm a little crazy. I'm, a, I'm obsessive. Uh, like I, 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 you know, maybe a little on the spectrum, um, you know, uh, like whatever that's like, I, I just know that um, I have a lot to offer this world. So I, I fixed it and I got better. And now it's been this, it's been this constant search for my own healing because I know I can then teach people about it. I can then tell people like, look, this is what I did. You know how fucked up I was. You guys saw it. It was on TV. Uh, you know, like it was, it was a mess. Now I'm better. And this is how I did it. These are the people that I, that, that, that I helped, that helped me learn these things. That, that's, that's what the whole McCall method is about. That's why I've been getting all this attention because I, I just have a platform for really good people that help me and help other people. Uh, so I'm, you talked, I glazed over some head earlier, but you talked about epigenetics like yeah. early on. Uh, I mean, do you think like epigenetics is like, I feel like it's one of like the major psychological issues in America that like we know nothing that like people generally know very little about, but it's so often there um, yeah. in, my, in my family too. So, I mean, do you think it can very much kind of deal with just lessening that, like the traumas that come from, from epigenetics? Obviously, as you know, you, you ever studied Dr. Gabramate? No, but basically, uh, my grandfather was a Holocaust survivor. Oh, shit, okay. So, like, regardless, even though I'm two generations removed, as okay. I've learned, the traumas pass right down. Yeah, so exactly, collective trauma. Uh, go look up Dr. Gabor Mate. He was, I don't know if he was, wasn't born in a concentration camp. I think he was a baby. Hungarian Jew. Um survivor like it was yeah i mean crazy crazy life and he is one of the most important people in psychology in psychology that's around right now um and i'm yeah the realm of hungry ghosts is an amazing book i've read it um he, he it's all about you know the body keeps keeps the scores by the other doctor um but you know how you know your, your trauma is stored in your tissue and for you, your trauma was stored in your tissue before you were born. Yeah, and it's and, and the thing I've noticed in my family is that like it's 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 lessening. Obviously, each generation it gets it gets a little easier, and I, so I so I see the difference. Yeah, just not being two generations removed from it. Oh man, and and through work in psychedelics, you'll be able to release that trauma out of that tissue. You might purge. You might take a bunch of psychedelics. And you might throw your you know throw up like crazy, but that's good. You need to get that out. You need to purge these things out. Even having these really dramatic somatic experiences you see people have during ceremony, people passing out, fainting. Um, you gotta make, uh, you, 
it's it's heavy. I've been in that that space, holding space for other people, leading people through journeys. Um, dude, I don't know how they do it all the time. The shaman that I work with, I've I've sat in those in those positions in a circle, and dude, I I don't I. It's so heavy. It is so heavy to take those energies on and walk these people through it. You know, it's, it's my job. I've really found um, my calling as far as like with the HBO thing, when I was on HBO, um, my most recent revelation in my strongest trip that I had on HBO, I took five grams of mushrooms and was on HBO. You were on shrooms while on HBO, like while it was like, while you were recording the episode for HBO recorded the episode, they didn't air it really. Um, Cause it was too heavy. It was really heavy. It was really gnarly, but it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever been a part of. Um, and after I just realized I'm, I'm the person, I'm the guy that gets to bring the veterans, the special forces, you know, savages, the, I mean, people, whether they're fighters or athletes, these, these, these people that have done gnarly shit, specifically veterans and fighters. Um, you are so compact with trauma. You, you climb into a cage in your underwear to beat someone up for blood money and give and receive PTSD. Or you go to war as a hired gun um, behind the guise of patriotism to go kill people. You know, and, and I'm, not, I'm not knocking either one of them at all. They're necessary. I, I, those were my two chosen paths was sports or if I really fucked up and couldn't get anything else together, my life together, I would go to the military and become special forces and do that because I know I'd be good at it. Um, so these are my people. I get to, I get to take them from this realm into another realm to meet these shaman and to, for them to meet their death. Like this is not, this is not a, this is not a fun job that I was like, Oh, I want this. I want to do this. But no, this is my calling. I get to bring these people to meet their death and then bring them home safely because they don't trust the normal shaman or the normal therapist to do this with them. They don't truly open up until they're around a room full of other savages. That's just, that's just how it works. So you want to get down to the meat and potatoes of what I do, of the real, real, real heavy shit. That's it. You know, there's a bunch of other business stuff. There's, you know, the fact that I'm a f- part of a, a now an owner of a, a percentage of a pharmaceutical company. Um, this information will come out this week, so I'm sure we'll, we'll it's just okay, I can talk about it. Um, you know, I do all this fancy stuff with the UFC and whatever. Um, dude, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm in it for these people. I'm in it to be this person that they feel comfortable and safe enough with to take these journeys and to heal themselves. So, whether it's whether they want to live a life a, sa- a safe, sound and and beautiful life post fighting, you know, just to be good with their family, to be good to everyone out there, I can fix them, I can help them, and give them the tools after. Because again, this is just a tool for the immediate. Then you have tools for after to, to help integrate all the stuff you learn. You know, like that, that, that's 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 important, by the way. Uh, integration is the most important thing here. The, the psychedelics are just tools. They're just tools, just like diet and exercise. This is, this is, there's, there has to be an entire life about it all. It's not just like psychedelics. That's what I have to push to people all the time. Like, oh, so I just take some mushrooms and I'm better. And I'm like, no. I mean, it, it, 
I mean, potentially, maybe, if you're lucky, you can take way too much mushrooms and be at Coachella and have uh, an amazing experience that changes you for the rest of your life. Or you could be, um, you you could have a really bad time. You could end up, you know, having a really bad time. You get arrested, you, you, whatever, some bad shit happens to you. Someone takes advantage of you. I don't know. Get in a fight, some, whatever, you know, or if you're lucky, you find myself and my fiance, like we were in Vegas and my, my friends own nightclubs and, you know, hotels and all this stuff. I've just been going out there forever, fighting, being an athlete, um, knowing the people that I know. And one of my buddies has a supermodel girlfriend. Well, his supermodel girlfriend and all our supermodel friends take too much acid. They, an MDMA, they took something and they, they had a bad trip. And I walk into the nightclub and he looks at me, goes, what the fuck, man? And I was like, whoa, I just got here. Hold on. <laughs> I see the girls are all like six, five in heels and I hug them around their waist. And I'm like, what's up? Um, you know, like, <laughs> how are you ladies? Uh, and again, these are, these are my friends. Um, and dude, they're all having a bad time. Right. Like all, I can see this is going bad. So I'm like, shit. And I grab, I, I'm always around tall women. My fiance is 5'11". I'm 5'5". Five, five. Uh, my fiance is a you know, 5'11", blonde Serbian woman. who's really, really very beautiful. It's pretty crazy. Um, you know, they're all in heels. Like she's mm-hmm. six, whatever heels. And I'm in sneakers. Cause I don't dress up. Um, and I have to sheepdog these young ladies up to my room because they're all it's, this is going South. I have to lay them down all, you know, around scattered around my room just to go through. I'm holding some of them. They're crying. You know, we're, we're like, I'm also, you know, taking the same substance they are. Cause I'm like, I'm going to get in the same headspace. Like I'm a professional. Come here. Give me that. Let's go. Let's walk. Let's talk about breath work. Let's talk about NLP. What are the stories you're telling yourself? What are the stories you're telling me? Like there's just a, there's dude, there, there, like I said, there's a lot involved here and you can, you can go either good or bad. Like there or, oh God, or people even taking psychedelics with someone and then getting taken advantage of. Like I, I'm the shaman. I hold the power. Let me put the power inside you. Like I'm telling you, man, this is, there's a lot of crazy shit out there and we have to just, we, like, we have to like be, I know I'm going on a tangent, but. <laughs> Very good. So uh, what's, what would you say is the difference between, you know, like just like an acid trip at Coachella or whatever versus like th- psychedelic therapy? Uh, whether it's clinical, like with Johns Hopkins, or you come work with me. Um, and again, I'm 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 not a facilitator. I'm not a shaman. My fiance is a shaman. She was raised in Serbia with a grandmother that was a shaman. You know, it's part of her lineage. I, I'm the educated observer. I'm the world traveler that just goes, oh, cool. All these natives are giving me their medicine, and I, I learned some stuff. I'm, I'm teaching about it. Um, but you know, you you get in there with a shaman. You get in with a with a real worker like that. Um, and it's set setting and intention. So, you know, what's the mindset? Like, well, why are you here? What are you, what, what are you thinking? Where are you? So setting, you know, what, what sort of place are we in nature? Are we in a, a beautiful church? Like we usually do it in a temple, uh, which is realistically just a mansion up in the hills in the, in the, in the woods. Um, yeah. but it's beautiful. It's, it's amazing. And it's, it's, it's a, there are, there are portals. You can create a portal anywhere really. Um, and then intention, why are we here and what are we looking to get done? And you have a guide through it. a good 
shaman or facilitator will give you medicine, will lay you down, put a blindfold on you, and you are by yourself. They do not talk to you unless you speak to them. And even when you do speak to them, they don't answer your questions. They help you. They just keep you to guide your own, your own narrative because you can't be programming someone while you're in there. Or while they're in there, I should say. That's not fair, you know. Um, it, and it, it's, it's about, you know, music, God, music is so big. Music, comfortability, safety. Uh, like I said, set, setting an intention. Where are we going? Why are we here? Um, and, and then from there, um, I recommend some homework before. You know, a good, a good healer or shaman will give you some homework before. Um, and we're talking about all the woo-woo whether it's astral projections or your neogram type or archetypal stuff and, you know, diet is huge um, breath work, meditation before journaling. And then you have, that's, that's pre, that's pre-trip. Then you have the trip and then you have post-trip, which is again, more homework, more journaling. Um, you know, that's where you have an integration coach like myself, like my fiance, um, you know, where we can connect once a week. Read me back some of your journal entries. You know, tell me what you've been thinking. Let's revisit the trip and let's talk about A, B, and C that we know we already went over yesterday or last week. But um, let's talk about it and see what have, you, what have you thought about since then. You know, and you can kind of pick apart their, their um, programming of what they're saying, what they're hearing, what they're doing, what they're thinking, you know, and, and just kind of help them just go, okay, well, you know, what do you think about this? It's really asking them more questions and letting them answer them for themselves because I, you, you, I don't have the answers. It's just giving them tools to do it. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's cool, man. It feels good to, to give people these tools because like I say, I did it. Anyone can do it. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, in regards, I mean, what would you, so like you, you talk about a shaman. Yeah. Uh, I, I truthfully I should ask just for like just can you briefly like, explain like what a shaman is just kind of like some like like the main roles of a shaman uh, the shaman would be the person that is facilitating the medicine work okay they are a light worker um, a person that is connected to other dimensions other worlds the earth um, and mother nature at a level that's just it's hard to understand um it really is and there's a you know like i get again my fiance being raised by one as a grandmother um she'll you know get around other people in the space that are those sorts and they just they just have a different aura about them it's pretty funny you know they start talking and i just watch (laughs) um but again, people that can walk around, um, let's say a farm in Serbia, where she's from, and pick up a plant. And granted, she's a scientist. She's a world famous scientist, been a scientist for 26 years, UCLA professor. She can pick a plant and look at it and tell you the Latin name. And then also tell you what it does and <clears throat> all the beneficial properties and all this stuff. It's, it's pretty crazy, obviously. Hers is a specialty of combining both 
of combining, you know, uh, you know, paganism, shamanism into neo-shamanism, neo-paganism, um, and and really connecting with the 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 land. I mean, think you know, her grandmother. Her grandmother was a a woman that was never never went to school, never learned to read or write, never went farther than a fifty mile radius outside of where she grew up on the farm, but could speak Sanskrit, could heal people, could birth animals, could birth babies, could um, you know do all this crazy stuff. So it's like. The, the, that's that's the sort of I'm talking about. Now that's the sort of thing. It's these people that have been doing this for generations. You know, like she would see her grandfather leave for days at a time and come back like with a big sack full of mushrooms. You know, and you know, like a fucking deer on one shoulder and a sack full of mushrooms on the other, sort of thing. Like off into the wilderness. Um, you know, and, and that, yeah, that's that that's the sort of individual I'm talking about. So does this type of work with shamans, uh, which just shroom psychotherapy, does this kind of classify itself as, as Eastern medicine? Not so much Eastern, maybe. I mean, because there's um, there's books like, have you ever heard of The Road to Eleusis? I haven't, no. Okay, so The Road to Eleusis was written by a uh, mentor of mine named Robert Forte. Um <clears throat> there's a uh, a new book that just came out called the immortality key that uh that guy was just on rogan's not too long ago talking about how he had never done drugs before but he found this book and he wanted to research more and talking about the tie with psychedelics and religion all the way back to the greeks eleusis is an actual city in greece you can go to today um where scholars and emperors would go to ingest psychedelics most likely something that was ergot fungus based, which is like LSD. That's where LSD is derived from. Um, but it was shrouded in secrecy, like like Fight Club. Like you don't talk about Eleusis. You talk about Eleusis, they'll kill you or they'll drive you out of the city at least. Right. Um, but there's so much tied into it where it's real. It's true. Like this is all, you know, and, and all religions, it seems, have been using these sort of things, whether it's Soma or whatever you know it's it's the vehicle to enlightenment that's what psychedelics are and that's what we're learning we're learning that this was hidden from us a long time ago but that we have been using psychedelics for a, an extremely long time whether it's a warrior culture religious culture uh, what have you it, it, that's what that's what we do that's what we've always done whether it's amanita muscaria mushrooms uh, which is um, a, a different compound than psilocybin um, let's go muscimol and there's a, uh, something acid. I can't think of the word. Um, uh, then there is, you know, psilocybin and mushrooms. There's a bunch of compounds in, in psychedelic mushrooms that we don't even know about really. We're just learning. Um, people ingesting DMT through, uh, through ayahuasca, you know, and 5-MU inhibitors. You've got uh, peyote and, uh, you know, San Pedro. And, you know, like there's, there's a lot of, a lot of different things you can, you can do, or even, Think about things like the Salem witch trial. Mm. All those women get burned sick, you know, because they're acting all crazy and whether it was, you know, over sexualized or seeing things or whatever, they were ingesting ergot fungus that was on rye bread. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fungus also is. They're on acid. Yeah. And they took a bunch of acid and they acted crazy and yeah, foaming at the mouth and they took, I'm sure, probably too much. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> it's just, 
crazy to think that, you know, there's been so much of this over, over the years. So I, I'm, I'm sure you're met when, when, you know, you tell people about this, like strangers, or maybe they reach out to you on Instagram. I'm sure you met with like a lot of skeptics, just like complete, like people are just like, no, none of this can work. Um, how do you like, how do you respond? Do you respond to it even? Yeah. I love talking to people. So that's what I do for a living. Um, but you know, the skepticism is, is just, it's silly. And, and now I, people can't argue with me. They can't, can't, they cannot argue with me because of the studies, because of the studies, because all these things that were theorized are, are validated now. And with the UFC and these major universities all over the world are all doing this. And then just go, guys, if you're not going to listen, then don't listen. I don't care. Like, you know, and whether that's because of religion or whatever, what have you, or people that are sober, you know, I, I have people that are in the program that come over all the time to talk about it, ask me questions about it. They're friends of mine, you know, or, or just, you know, playing with my friends Some of my guy friends that I know are still sober. Cause you know, we all grew up partying too much and doing too many drugs. So, you know, some of us are still sober. Um, and like my one buddy, no man, you know, me, I just, I just, you know, if I want to talk to Jesus or, you know, I'll just like pray. And it's like, but you want to talk to God? I have a phone. I have a phone right now. You, you eat this and you can talk to God right now. Like it's just the vehicle to enlightenment. I'm not telling you it's God itself, but God is within you. That's, that's, that's what I'm getting at. People also, uh, when you talk about streams, do they kind of just assume that what you're talking about is what one would consider like an acid trip, essentially like an unsupervised acid trip um yeah most people most people don't want to go and sit with a shaman dude i get to go sit with and facilitate for extremely powerful people extremely famous people like you blow your blow your mind (laughs) and these people i don't i don't even charge these people these are like friends of friends or friends of mine Go, hey, I, before I go do this, I want to do this. And again, they don't want to be around a shaman. They want to be with just me. Right. Someone they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I don't sit there and say a big prayer and all this stuff over it. It's just a little bit of eye contact, a little bit of talking, a little bit of prayer, and just kind of setting a good intention and going, all right, well, we're here. You know, our lady is sit up and, oh, I just died. Like, yeah, it's okay. You're dead. All right, well, let's, where are we going to go from here? You know, you're realizing this is safe and you're okay. Death is no big deal. You know, and you, you like, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's an interesting, it's a very interesting spot. I mean, I, I, I the people that I, that I see, whether they're you know, like, this is a, this is a, this is a big one. Tony Robbins, he's been, he's admitted he's done 5-MEO. And uh, 5-MEO DMT is the strongest solution gen out there. And think if Tony Robbins is doing it, just imagine who else is doing it. You've worked with Tony Robbins? Uh, we're not officially. Uh, we're in the same circles. Um, and I will eventually. I can't wait to meet him. We've got some of the same friends and, you know, my boss or my fixer. My, not my agent. Uh, he is, you know, Ray, you ever see the show Ray Donovan? 
Uh, like once or twice. I'm not. I I I know, I know the plot of it. I know how, like what it's about. So that show is based on a man named Rob Hickman. Uh, okay. He's Tyson, Mike Tyson's handler. Um, he's the one that rebranded Tyson. Um, he's like not, the like the recent rebranded Tyson. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's um he's produced a bunch of movies and you know. He, that's my guy. He's my representation in Hollywood. Um, right. So through him now it's you know I'm I'm, you know, it's it's cool. It's cool to be to be this person. Um, to be that you know this this work has paid off and and uh, and again you know I'm I'm not I'm I'm not here trying to be cool I'm not here trying to be famous I already did that and maybe a shitty person. Well, you're being cool now though. Yeah, I mean, I just I keep telling people I'm pretty cool. Don't worry, uh, but you know it it's just um, I'm using my platform for good. That's all. I'm just trying to help people. That that's all I want to do. And if if I can along the way I can provide financially and abundantly for my life and my family and my friends, then great. It's perfect. I'm stoked. Uh, I know, I know we're running that time here. So I want to finish, I want to end on this note. Um, when you were in the UFC, you know, I mean, when you were a teenager, I know you, you know, you got into some trouble, some gang trouble when you were in, when, when you were in the UFC, you know, you developed this persona as like a, like a bad boy yeah. sort of a UFC. And now you've been retired for, um, couple of years so what kind of led you to be like this isn't this isn't the look i want to give like publicly anymore um i was just embarrassed i was embarrassed about what i built it was a joke and then it was like i had to i was just yeah i was never i was never proud of myself because i wasn't carrying myself properly and then after the whole reason i'm alive to today is my daughter Right, like, well, there's no other reason why I would have killed myself a long time ago. Um, I wouldn't have had to, I wouldn't have had to go through this struggle. This shit wasn't easy. It's still not easy, you know. But but it's that's life. Um, you know, and I just, I looked at her and I was just like, you know what? I need to be a different person. I need to make her proud, and. <clears throat> man, to, to have your own daughter who, you know, again, I raised her myself for the first few years, five years of her life. Uh, her mother was going through some stuff and, you know, um, just how it is. Uh, she's like, one of, her mom's like one of my best friends. Um, I, I'm so, uh, so prideful, you know, and plus I saw her mother do better. Mm-hmm. I was, then I became the issue and I was like, Oh fuck. Oh, Oh no, I never thought this would happen. And I just, uh, I had to do better. I had to, you know, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't be that person. Um, I mean, plus times are changing, you know, like you can't interface as that person anymore. It's just not, not appropriate. Not. It's not, you know, like I can't. You'll, you'll, you'll burn a lot of bridges. Right. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like I, I can't function normally. And, and the guy that I was in this day's society, no, especially, especially without millions of dollars and crazy fame. Like I didn't quite get there. So it's like, if, you, if you're that guy, you can be this weird character that's going to appropriate, I guess people will give you a pass or whatever, but like, right. I still be that guy, you know, like I I'm around some of those people and I'm just like, wow. Oh. But you're not a big, but you're not a big fan of them anymore, though. So it's like you think you, you, you think of them differently. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I just see it. Like, whether it's a guy that's a, you know, worth a billion dollars, that is just a fucking asshole. And everyone's just around you because you're a billionaire. Yeah, it's because, not because not you're a good guy. Yeah, you're cool sometimes. Or, you know, oh, you're famous. Like, no, dude, like, I, I'm, I want people to genuinely want to hang out and, like, be in my presence and hang out with me and me being mm. there. Like I want, they want me to hang out with them. You're like, oh, bro, like come, you know, like that's fun. Forever, like I didn't get invited to weddings and fucking shit like that. Like, all right, if I did, I didn't show up because I was a train wreck. Like, I want to have like real friends. I, I found out that I was just a selfish, egotistical psychopath that was bent on one thing that was becoming the best in the world. I was tortured. I was tortured. You You're know? Right. I accomplished something that. I always wanted and then I fucked it up and I lost it right away. And I never, I was always, it was just like, just trying to get above the water so I could breathe just so I can get there. And, uh, you know, it was, yeah, it wasn't a good look. It wasn't a good time. <laughs> you kind of ended up being like your own worst enemy. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's so many opportunities because people understood how good I really was. I mean, I was, I was, I, I was positioned to be Conor McGregor before Conor McGregor was even around. Um, and, you know, I fucked that up. And sure, I'm not Conor. I'll, I'll, I'll be first to admit that. Like, I'm, he's, that guy's truly special. Yeah. He can catch lightning in a bottle, whatever he wants. Um, and maybe, maybe, you know, if I had my shit together, if I was able to use microdosing and stuff for my performances, sure, I think I, I could have been able to pull his sort of stuff off. Because look at look at what I've been able to do business wise and and all this other stuff. Yes, I'm special like him, but um, maybe maybe not. You know, maybe I would have just the same shit would have happened. I don't know, but um, like it's in the past. So now I just go, come on, I'm moving on. <laughs> new, new things. Good, good way to end. Yeah. <laughs> good end. Well, I know we're about done on time here, so. Uh, where where can everyone find you for future updates? Because I know there's a lot of stuff coming out very soon. Yeah, uh, I would say my website, if you want to book some integration stuff and work with me, go to the McCallMethod.com. Uh, you can sign up there. Or I would say uh, check out my Instagram. All my social media is my old nickname. It's just <laughs> Uncle Creepy MMA. Again, I don't take anything serious. It was a bad joke that I wrote down as a fight and it was it just stuck. People loved it. And I was like, you guys are stupid, but it's going to make me money. Um, so Uncle Creepy MMA, I, uh, that's where you'll see most of my stuff. The McCall Method on social media as well. My new show is The Intellectual Giants, um, where I just interview smart people that I think are intellectual giants. Um, not that I think of myself as one. I'm just trying to get there. Um, let's see. I have The Puppet Show, which is The Puffets on social media. Again, nothing, no big no big episodes have been dropped. It's just social media stuff right now. Um, fuck. There's a comedy source show coming out. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Just, just stay tuned. I'll, I'll be around. We'll, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. Follow him on Instagram. That's that. I think that's, that's probably where you'll get the big updates. I feel like uncle creepy MMA, which will be changed eventually. Dude, you know, did, once you get a blue check mark under one name, you can't change it to change it. It's going to cost me Four thousand dollars to change my fucking name on social media without losing my blue check mark. Oh, you want to keep that verified, but no, right? They won't verify me, man. So I don't know. <laughs> I I applied one time just to see what would happen. All right, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks for me bother you. Thank you for listening. 
Uh, be sure to check out Ian at the McCall method.com his website or uncle creepy, uncle creepy MMA and be sure to follow bothering strangers on social media at bothering strangers. Everyone have a good one.